0: Hi, I'm Pastor Rob from Calvary Chapel, and this is the Let's Talk Truth podcast, a place where we discuss various topics related to exercising our faith, understanding the Bible, and strengthening our relationships with those around us. Let's explore together some powerful ways to make a lasting impact in our culture and leave a better world for the next generation. So let's get started, and let's talk truth. Hi there, and welcome to episode number four of the Let's Talk Truth podcast, where we take a look at scripture, where we pray and we seek to talk about the topics in our world that are so important to us. Today, I would like to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what it means, how we can receive it. Because I believe it's one of those things in the church today that is not being talked about enough. There is such a reliance and need for the power of the Holy Spirit, for the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the church and in the lives of all believers. And so I wanna talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit today and probably over the next couple podcasts. I wanna look at a few scriptures first to understand exactly what baptism of the Holy Spirit is all about. First I wanna look at Luke 3.16 where we read concerning John the Baptist That John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then in John 1, verse 33, again, John the Baptist is speaking his testimony concerning Jesus. And he says, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So John was prophesying of the one who was coming after him, who was mightier than he was, and who would baptize them with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And John was testifying of Jesus, declaring that he really did not know that Jesus was the one until he saw the Spirit of God descending and remaining upon him. So even John the Baptist did not know that Jesus was the Messiah until he baptized him with water. In Acts 1, verses 4 and 5, Jesus was assembled together with them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What do we learn from these verses? First of all, that there is an experience that is properly called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For John said, there is one coming after me mightier than I am. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. And he testifies that Jesus was that one. It teaches us that the baptism with the Holy Spirit is separate and distinct from salvation. It is one thing to be born of the Spirit and yet another thing to be baptized with the Holy Spirit in John 20 verse 22 we read that Jesus breathed on them and said to them "Receive the Holy Spirit it was at this point that the disciples did receive that indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives like many of us have when we asked Jesus to come into our lives and repented of our sin we received the Holy Spirit there are those who object and say that the actions of Jesus in breathing on them and saying receive the Holy Spirit was only symbolic. But I have a hard time believing that if Jesus said receive the Holy Spirit, that they did not receive it. And I believe that's the same thing for you and I. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, when we abide in him and want to follow him, we receive the Holy Spirit. But there's another experience of the Holy Spirit that's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I believe it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that enables us to be bold witnesses for Jesus Christ. Now in 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen, Paul the apostle declares that we were all baptized by the Spirit into one body. Take note that it is baptism by the one Spirit into the body. In that case, it is the Spirit who is the one who is baptizing you into the body of Christ. But Jesus is the one who baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ, and Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. Those who seek to deny that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is separate from regeneration, usually quote from Ephesians 4, verses 3 and 5, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church to keep the unity of the Spirit. He declares, for there is one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now, what they usually do is put these two passages together, one baptism, and you are all baptized by one Spirit into the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, like we just read. When the Apostle Paul is telling the Ephesian church to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and speaks about one Lord, one faith, one baptism, what he is referring to is that there is only one baptism into the body of Christ. There is only one body of Christ. I believe that the Apostle Paul was warning about the things that we see happening today and that we have built up denominational barriers. Not that denominations are bad in and of themselves, but the fact that the denominations divide the body of Christ is what Paul is speaking about. We're one body in Christ. There's one church. Yes, we might believe a little bit differently, but our brothers and sisters who believe in Jesus, that maybe believe a little bit differently than us, are still our brothers and sisters. So this is the very thing that the Apostle Paul was warning about and seeking to guard against. The fact that everyone establishes their own parameters and you have to be baptized by us and into our church. Paul's saying no, no. There is only one body, the body of Christ. There is only one baptism. We know that there is a baptism in water. And the one who baptizes you in water is usually the pastor of the church. He is the one who is baptizing, and the water is the element in which you are being baptized. There is the baptism with the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is the baptizer. John said, He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit in John 1.33. And the Holy Spirit is the element in which you are immersed, even as you have been immersed in water. So, to be immersed in the Holy Spirit is the thought and the idea behind the baptism with the Holy Spirit. In the Greek language, there are three prepositions that signify relationship with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was talking to his disciples the night on which he was betrayed in John 14, he is encouraging them. Their hearts are discouraged. He was talking about going away, and where he was going, they cannot come, and they are upset. He seeks to encourage them and comfort them, promising that he will pray to the Father who would give them another comforter, even the Spirit of truth, that he might abide with them forever. And He's speaking of the Holy Spirit. He says in John 14, 17, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it never sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is dwelling with you. He is there alongside of you. The Greek preposition is para. But he is going to dwell in you. He is going to come in and he will indwell in you. That's the preposition in, E-N. And I believe that is what transpired in the 20th chapter of John. When Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, I believe that the Holy Spirit began to indwell them at that time. Now, prior to your conversion, it was the Holy Spirit who convicted you of your sin. It was the Holy Spirit who revealed Jesus Christ to you as the one who could take care of your sins. It was the Holy Spirit that convinced you to accept Jesus as your Lord. And the minute you accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit came into your life and began to dwell in you. But that is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit is indwelling in you, He begins that marvelous work of conforming you into the image of Jesus Christ. But there is that working of God's Spirit within me and within every child of God, No man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Paul said, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you? The Holy Spirit is in every child of God. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Romans 8, 9 Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. The Holy Spirit indwells every born-again believer. You are born again by the Spirit into the body of Jesus Christ. However, not every believer has the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in our next episode, we will look at many instances of believers who were not baptized with the Holy Spirit upon their believing in Jesus Christ. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit was a subsequent experience to their believing, which occurred some time later sometimes weeks later, and sometimes even perhaps years later. We'll be looking at those instances in our next episode. But we have two prepositions to look at now. He is with you. He shall be in you. And every one of you who have been born again have had both experiences. You have had the Holy Spirit with you to convict you and bring you to Jesus Christ. And the moment he came he began to indwell you. In Acts 1, where Jesus told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem, not to depart, but wait there for a promise of his Father, he said to them, For you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And here he uses the third Greek preposition, which is epi. He comes upon you, or he comes over you, And I like to think he overflows you. You want the overflow of the Spirit in your life. And this epi-baptism of the Holy Spirit is the empowering of the believer for service. Dwelling within me, he empowers me to be like Jesus. Dwelling within you, he empowers you to be like Jesus. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an outward working of the Spirit. It is the flowing forth from our lives in the power of God's Spirit working through us, touching those around us. It is one thing to have the Holy Spirit with you, the para-experience. It is another thing to have the Holy Spirit in you, the N-experience. But even more to have the Holy Spirit upon you, the epi-experience, that power over you, if you had an empty glass, and next to that glass you had a large pitcher of water, and the pitcher of water was sitting here and the empty glass was next to it, this pitcher of water would be that para experience with the glass. It would be alongside it. If I start to pour the water from the pitcher into the glass, then the water is now in the glass. That's the N experience. Now, as the glass gets filled with water and I continue to pour water out of the pitcher, it now begins to overflow. It now is a pawn or overflowing the glass. This is the epi experience, the overflow. So you started out with the para as it is sitting beside it. Then it is in it, the experience, and now it is overflowing it. And so it is with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit with us. He begins to dwell in us, but then the Lord continues to pour into us until the Holy Spirit flows from us, the epi-experience, the overflowing experience of the Holy Spirit. Many Christians have the Holy Spirit in them, but the Holy Spirit is not flowing forth out of their lives. In John 7, verses 37 through 38, Jesus, on the last day of the feast, stood and cried out to the people, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And John tells us that he was speaking of the Spirit. He is speaking of this third relationship, the overflowing or gushing forth from their lives like torrents of living water the overflowing of the spirit in your life certainly god wants us to be filled with the spirit in fact that is the command of the scripture when paul was writing to the ephesians he said in ephesians 5:18 and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation but be filled with the spirit or better to be continually filled with the Spirit. But God also wants us to be overflowing with the Spirit. So many people have the Spirit just all bottled up inside, and there's no flowing forth of the Spirit from their lives. They are content to just be normal Christians, just participating, but never getting to overflowing. But it is God's desire and God's purpose, and God's will, that your life be overflowing with the Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, the people gathered because of the supernatural phenomena. And Peter stood up and preached that message of Jesus Christ to them. The Holy Spirit brought conviction to the hearts of the people who were listening to Peter's message. And in Acts 2, verses 37 through 39, they cried out and said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then thirdly, he went on to say, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That would be the epi, the overflowing, the glorious gift of God's power for service. And then Peter said in Acts 2.39, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So there is no thought or indication that this gift of the Holy Spirit would cease at the close of the apostolic age, with the death of the last of the apostles. No thought of that at all. In fact, The opposite is indicated. The promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit is to you, it's to your children, and then to those who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So in reality, the promise is for us today. I am convinced that the greatest need in the church today is a renewal of the teaching on the subject of the Holy Spirit in order that the church might come into the fullness of the Spirit. We need a renewal of teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit where your life will be empowered to go into this world in which we live and be a witness for Jesus Christ. I believe that the only hope for our nation today is a spiritual awakening that will begin in the church with a fresh movement of the Holy Spirit upon our lives and the hearts of the church who is seeking, who is thirsting, who is asking. Jesus said in Luke 11:13, 13, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to him who asks? And then Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not the end-all of all experiences that God has for you. It is just the opening of the door into the vast new dimension of power. After the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there is then the necessity for the walk in the Spirit. There is the need to be led by the Spirit and to be constantly being filled with the Spirit, being controlled by the Spirit, and being empowered by the Spirit. Oh, how desperately we need that today. We are living in a day where people are turning away from God. So I ask you, will you turn towards God today, and will you ask him, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because that's what you need in your life. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for your word, and thank you for the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God, we pray that our lives would bring glory and honor to you, that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized with the Holy Spirit to serve you faithfully. Until that day, you bring us home. To you be the glory, the honor, and the praise. For it's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for spending time with me. And I pray that God would speak to your heart and that he would empower you with his Holy Spirit. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Let's Talk Truth podcast. If you'd like the show, please share it with a friend. Let's show our community how truth is essential today. Leave a rating on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Truth PR to keep up between episodes. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you taking the time to tune in. Until next time, please don't forget to seek truth in everything you do. Bye for now.